Welcome to the People and Technology Podcast. My name's David Gazzarotto, and it's great to be here. I'm joined usually by my partner in crime, Jared Cameron, but uh, he's away this week. So um, instead of having uh, me just banter away for uh, uh, you know 15 minutes or so, um, I've got a guest, and I'm uh, very delighted to have here with me uh, Mark Suter from uh, ServiceNow. Hey, hey David, great to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Um, so uh, Jared's, uh, I think Jared's out uh, uh, back in New Zealand uh, trying to trace the ancestry of uh, some of our politicians <laughs> who are uh, you know, uh, seem to be uh, you know, having some dubious citizenship issues at the moment. But anyway, we're not here to talk politics, are we? No, we're not. We're not here to do that at all. <laughs> Very good. Um, so Mark, you're, uh, you've been with... Um, Service now for probably close to a year now. Yeah, that's right, David. Been there just coming up to twelve months, and it's been a, a cracking journey. I've loved every moment of it. Awesome. Now, Service now, uh, most people, and we do have a fairly tech savvy audience on mm. this podcast. Most people know Service now because they've got a great, great name around. Certainly, the IT service delivery, service management space. Um, you're an HR guy through and through. Mm. What the hell are you doing at ServiceNow? <laughs> Look, it's a great question. It's one that uh, a number of people from the HR uh, world and community asked me when uh, I joined ServiceNow. Um, look, we have a rich legacy at ServiceNow when it comes to IT service management, and we're really proud of that. But uh, what we found uh, at ServiceNow was that many of our customers were leading us down the path of how do we apply the same principles that IT service management have been very, very successful with to other parts of an organisation or enterprise. I mean, the principles are still the same. I mean, we're talking about service delivery here and how do we apply those same and similar principles in a way that makes sense to other set parts of the business, be it customer service management, be it security operations, be it HR. And it's a great area for us to be in and to really pioneer this idea of HR service delivery that consumerises that employee experience. Yeah. Great. Well, that's um, you know, very much a, a big ticket item for a lot of yeah. organisations right now. Is uh, is this whole journey to you know, leveraging digital HR and to create better experiences? And you know, yes. we certainly talk a lot about that. Um, tell us a, a little bit about your journey to to get to this point. Yeah, so sure. I've known obviously we've known each other a little bit from around the traps. Yes, um, you've uh, you've been practitioner side. You've been uh, on the on the product side in in software firms as well. Yes, that's right. I mean. I've had the the chance, and for those who are from an HR background on the call, I'd encourage them to consider this sort of path because it really does enrich your your background and learn a lot. I've learned more about HR having HR as a customer base than I ever did when I was in HR. And um, (laughs) it's interesting. It's it's a terrific place for many HR people to be. And again, you know, if you can be part of it, I'd encourage you to do so. So I started out my uh, HR career as an HR business partner, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've been doing that for nearly best part of 15 to 17 years, mm. um, mainly in tech organisations. Um, I've had the chance to work in, in the US doing reward and benefit roles, had the chance to do talent management projects over in, in Italy and Europe, up mm. into um, Japan and, and uh, Southeast Asia with reward roles as well as service roles. Mm. But, um, you know, I was one of uh, Success Factor's first uh, customers in Australia and New Zealand back in 2006, right. um, journeyed with that um, product mm. and then uh, also made a decision to uh, purchase Workday as well, um, which is you know, a really interesting uh, product oh. to be with and one of a, a, a partner of ServiceNow right now, which is great. We're happy to work with them. Mm. And um, I got the chance to become an HR leader for SuccessFactors. So I ran the uh, HR uh, business for them um, at SuccessFactors right across Asia Pacific and Japan. And... Um, I found that having been a former customer and also having implemented the solutions and also been a 
customer of other HR tech um, products in the marketplace that our teams were taking me out to meet other HR leaders and um, share my story. And I thought to myself, look, I'm really enjoying this Mm. and uh, I want to be part of it. And so I made the transition over to a customer-facing role and I haven't looked back. Um, That doesn't mean that I won't go back into an HR role at some point, but I I just love the idea of having Mm. um, experience on different sides of that table, being implementing uh, an HR tech, uh, supporting an HR technology perspective or being from a product perspective view as well. So I'm really, really... um, yeah, I'm really happy about where I've been. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in this HR service delivery space. Yeah, excellent. Well, what a um, an interesting background. I think it's um, – I, I, look, I'm already always pleased to see uh, people with strong credentials and mm. a strong experience mm. in um, the practitioner side coming through and being influential in helping uh, with the buying decisions and with, you know, um, educating uh, customers on how to how to leverage these tools better. Yeah, from absolutely. Direct experience, not just from the the sales script mm-hmm. as such. Um, you know, I chart a similar background um, as well. Through, yeah, you know, ten ten or so years of practitioner side, um, and uh, I still draw on that experience every day. Of course, you know, and uh, why wouldn't you? It's great to be able to keep the tools. You know, um, the sort of work that we do. Mm. We're in organisations trying to shape. You know, help them transform. Uh, that keeps your, your tools sharp, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. Mm. Very good. So, uh, with the HR product at ServiceNow, yes, um, I you know I remember back in uh, my days, uh, back in my PeopleSoft days, actually, mm. we um, we had a little blip in time where we thought uh, the next big thing in in HR tech was going to be HR help desk, mm. which um, a lot of the bigger vendors were starting to put uh, put to market. Yes. Probably a, uh, a solution that didn't quite land. You know, it uh, did a very functional job and um, gave, you know, a, probably automated a, a bit of process. Yeah, I agree but with that. didn't really deliver much more than mm. that. So what's different this time around? Look, I think it's a really great question. And I've, I've wrestled with it uh, for a number of years and the reason why that's the case. When I ran HR shared services teams and... Um, looked to deliver services via that mechanism, traditionally via like an Ulrich model or tier one, zero support, whatever brand or label you want to give that. The tools and the options that are out there for an HR operations lead or shared services lead, for want of a better term, um, were pretty limited. It was all almost either A, use Excel, uh, manage things via an inbox uh, from Outlook or the like, um, or use an existing technology that has been in place from a service delivery viewpoint, either from a CRM view or from an ITSM view. And do you, I think I agree with you in terms of how it didn't really connect and land. Mm. I think it served a purpose at that point in time, but I don't think it was really built for HR. And the way that HR service delivery should be done is based upon what we see in ITSM principles and and CRM principles, but there are subtle differences around that, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Mm. I also think one of the reasons why it didn't really land was, um, at that time I should say, is that there was a a maniacal focus on um, higher talent activities, and I think that um, HR were focused on really trying to improve their posture and position in, a, in an executive sense, becoming more business savvy. Mm-hmm. And that really took a lot of the, the airplay around from what I would call that tier zero one support and focusing around that um, you know, talent development, um, talent management piece, recruiting and all these wonderful things that are key. Yeah. But we kind of missed a step. 
We kind of missed mm. that step mm. around tier zero and tier one. We went straight to the strategic and said, this is where HR needs to be, yeah. which is cool. We need to be there mm. as an HR mm. organisation. But, you know, we've got to be faithful with the small things first before we're being trusted with the the larger significant areas. And yeah. I think we kind of missed a step in that with HR. And um, we're looking at that now and mm. realising that um, an employee experience um, is a myriad of different things. It's about those higher value talent activities. It's about those records of reference, those ideas around um, talent practices, talent management reward and so on. But it's also about how do we, how do we deliver service? Mm. I mean, it, mm. when you think about a lens from a, customer viewpoint and i think hr is a customer absolutely provider. yeah that's why the parallel works so well yeah um if, if we're going to take that lens the focus isn't about being pushed to a place to do a transaction and the focus isn't around um self-service necessarily it's about the right level of service at the right time mm. every time and how do we do that right now well you know we we kind of push people to a an Excel document or a web page or a record of reference, but we're not really thinking about how do we connect those dots to provide a, a service experience, which is quite different from, say, an overall employee experience, which is the combination of a talent process, how people feel at work, leadership programs and yeah, so on. Yeah, yeah. no, it's interesting. I think um, yeah, the prevailing paradigm we had through, the, I, I sort of call it the talent management 1.0 era, mm. Um, was process automation. It was yes. about a transaction and that was the mindset that HR brought to it. Yes. Um, and I, I think the, the challenge we've had is um, is just getting that engagement mm. with those processes. We know, we know they're valuable yes. and they're valued. We believe they're valued in organisations. Um, but HR's had this big PR problem with you know trying to get people to do the sorts of things, undertake, participate in the activities that are mm. actually beneficial. Yes. Um, so, you know, my... I, you know, I agree with you. You know, that we're um, we we're really now need to to find ways to better um, excite and interest and yeah. and turn um, employees from being pushed towards complying with these processes they don't really truly believe in mm. to just genuinely stimulated to engage with these tools and and be better employees in the process. Mm. Yeah, look, I think you're you're right. I also think when it comes to HR service delivery. It's not about going to a place to log a ticket. Yep. It's not about going to a list of catalogue items, trying to find something and submitting a request around that. That's not how we operate mm. in our consumer world and right. we interact with technology outside. So why do we do the same at work? Mm. So, for example, if we're going to apply a consumer lens to an experience internally at work, why is it that we use email as the first orientation to get that service? Mm. Because when I dial a pizza outside of work, which you know happens on a really regular basis yeah, yeah. as a dad with kids. Absolutely. Like, you know, <laughs> Most like, Friday nights yeah, now has. You know, um, if you go through and use those sorts of experiences, if you have to send an email around that, David, it's, yeah. it's kind of... It's kind of failed. I mean, yeah. it's the last step that you do in your service experience. But when we come to work, it's often the first step... Mm. That's right. And you think to yourself, why is that the case? And it's not about a workflow issue. It's not about being notified of something unnecessarily and mm. being pushed to a system to do a transaction. It's about leading somebody through an event. So um, being tasked, things to sign, complete, fulfill. Um, HR having to coordinate activities across an organisation, 
because many things in HR, whilst they're owned by HR, mm. it's actually more broader than that. Yeah, it's yeah. about coordinating with, say, a legal department or a finance department yeah. or operations or whatever it may be, IT. And, you know, it's about a workplace view here, not an HR one. And Mm, I think that's mm. one of the key differences around what's actually changed here in this space in terms of service delivery. It's not about going to a place and logging a ticket or a place to transact. It's about being pulled through an event, HR coordinating the event, and an an employer or line manager or whoever it is expecting the service from HR, not having to worry about who's looking after this request, when are they coming back to me by... Um, being treated as a as a ticket or a number like other um, service delivery operations yeah. are, and I think that's really what it's what mm. we're heading towards. Mm. This idea of um, a life cycle event, um, and not being treated in a way that is transactional, really, yeah. really feeling like they're part of something, and they and remembering what that was like to engage with HR services. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's. Um there's a lot of interesting points you raise there. I think one one is this notion of service in and of itself. Yes. And, and this is a discussion point you know I've had for years. Mm. Um, and I, I hate the name employee self service. It, mm. it makes me cringe, and me I'm too. sure it does just about every non HR mm. um, or most HR people yeah. as well. Because um, it, it, it there's a lot of problems with that. You know, mm. one is it presumes there was a service in the first place. We're helping you to do for yourself. Yes. Um, and then there's the whole notion of why should I have to do something mm. when it was done for me before, mm. all that, those connotations. Yes. The reality is what we're trying to do is to um, help employees, help, their, help managers mm. to access the information, to transact and interact in ways that are um, more frictionless, um, easier and, and more aligned with what how they want to do it, mm. uh, and not just blindly follow a process or a, um, a comply with a set of rules because that's what the organisation wants me to do. Yeah, look, uh, I was speaking to one of our, um, our potential customers the other day, and they were talking around this notion of ESS or MSS, so employee self service or yeah. managed self service for those on the call who may not know what that acronym yep. is. Um, and they were saying, well, we feel like we've gone too far down this path and we've pushed mm. too much work to our line managers to actually do and we're not actually providing a service in this mm. space. And I think that's a really key differentiation again around this idea of um, HR service delivery and how it's a key platform now yeah. that needs to be considered by every single HR practitioner um, because you know, it's about the right level of HR support mm. at the right time. Mm. It's not about no HR support. It's about HR focusing on the things that count not being pushed to do a transaction necessarily. It's about being able to get the right level of HR support from the, the teams that are there to provide that level of, of, of service. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think there's some um, some parallels that I like as well, and one of which has just sprung to mind, so this is not very well conceived. <laughs> I'm just throw it out there. Um, I remember going, you know, you, uh, probably 10 years ago, mm. you'd go to the supermarket and to get your your, um, your sausages and your olives and your your, your deli goods, mm. you'd have to go and there'd be this machine that you pulled down a ticket from. Oh, yeah. And then you have to just stand around waiting for your number to call. You couldn't nick off. No. Because as soon as the number is called, they, they call it once, and if yeah. you're not there, then you lose your place. So you yes. couldn't go and do something productive no. elsewhere. You just had to stand there and wait. You know, mm. Predated smartphones, so you couldn't, do, you couldn't even, you know, buzz around Facebook while that was happening. No, no. <laughs> so, um, you know, I feel like that that was kind of the world that we've, we've been creating. It's mm. kind of jump in the queue, you'll get your service. Um, whereas where the world's going, if you look at, take that 
supermarket experience, you know, they're always innovating to try and find better ways for you to get in and out, get what you need, um, but you know, get have um, an experience that is actually designed around you. How do you want to get a hold of that, um, you know, slab of bacon? Yeah, you're right, and. I think it's a combination of things. When we talk about employee experience, it does incorporate a place where data and records and analytics occurs. It also does in- include things around leadership programs and so on, mm. that program-oriented work. Uh, it also includes things like how do I connect with my workmates and what does that quote-unquote culture look like. Yep. All these things together build up what I would call employee experience. Mm. But my view is that if we're going to take our customer lens or a customer service lens to HR, which I believe we need to do mm. as HR mm. practitioners, you must have that foundation on service. Yeah. Why? Because great service experiences will then lead to what I would call great data in the core records of reference and talent suites. Mm. It's a combination of these areas together that builds that employee experience. One of those stacks won't solve that problem. Yeah. It just won't. You will mm. always have more than one system in place. You will have some great suite systems out there which can do a great deal of that solution, but you'll always have more than one. Mm. And also HR needs to coordinate with different groups right across the enterprise. So I, I'm seeing this idea around employee experience being a combination of core HRIS and payroll, analytics data, yep. talent suites, and then this idea around HR service delivery that brings this picture together so it's just not about going over here for a policy, pulling a ticket for this item, mm. going over there for a talent program, and going over there for a leadership program. It's fragmented. Yeah, that's, that's not right. the way we get services outside of work. Why do we expect it mm. inside of work as well? Mm. It's gotta, you've got to bring this story together as an HR practitioner, and HR service delivery does that for yeah. us. So um, I, I absolutely entirely agree with that. What I'm interested to perhaps spend a minute or two yeah. on is – um, you've, you're starting to build up a client base, client success. Yes. Um, we, uh, those of us kind of out there advising clients, mm. you know, we fundamentally believe this employee experience will be, um, if it isn't right now, it will increasingly be a huge point of differentiation mm. for attracting, retaining, um, you know, driving product, productive and engaged employees. Yes. Are we seeing that play out in the places where they're pushing this um, service delivery layer in effectively and it's, Focusing on the experience? Yeah, look, we are. The reality is is that um, we have in Australia and New Zealand just on 50 customers, which is terrific. Mm. Worldwide, we have just over 500. Um, we have a dedicated HR product in this space that's on an enterprise platform. So really one of the only um, dedicated HR products in this space, at least on an enterprise viewpoint. Um, and some of our customer results include from public sector through to private sector and so on. One of our... Um, one of our most successful customers that, you know, is really relatively early on in their journey. Mm. They mm. went live um, in December of last year as Auckland City Council and um, they implemented the solution in 12 weeks mm. uh, with our partner and uh, it worked extremely well. They've gone from a customer satisfaction rating internally of 34% to 94% right. in a vicinity of four months. Yep. And so we're actually finding this idea of um, customer satisfaction improving mm. this idea of hr cost reduction occurring yep. um, and finding what i would call bankable benefits around mm. that redeployment when you talk, of resources when you talk customer satisfaction there are you talking about the external customer that that 
that level or are you talking about customer being the employee? I'm talking about customer being the employee. Yeah. Yep. So that, that idea of employee experience having mm. a, a better transaction and a better feeling and view mm. Mm. of the right level of service being provided by their HR organisation. Yep. So it's it's remarkable. Yeah. And the expectation is that we you know, that experience then translates into um, customer experience in, in I guess, the, the external-facing activities. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's where we're going to see many of our mm. um, organisations heading towards. Yep. How are we looking after that tier zero, tier one support so HR practitioners can focus on the things that count, that get done extremely well by the talent vendors in the, in the workplace, like the SAP success factors, mm. like mm. the work days, like the cornerstone on demands and mm. the other providers out in the marketplace that do a, a fantastic job in that talent, talent pace. Yeah. I, I do think that this step around service delivery has been missing in this in yeah, this arena, though. I agree. And I think that we're well and truly looking to to capitalise on that now. Yep, totally. Um, one last quick question. Yeah. I, um, I I was in the US not so long ago, and mm. uh, and there's a lot of use of voice and AI now. Yes. Just even in everyday lives, yes. you know, we're seeing the the tools like um, Alexa and um, the series and the like. Mm. Um, what do you guys see as the future of, I guess, AI and, and voice interaction mm. um, in that service layer? Yeah. Look, it's a it's a key area that's being seen outside of the enterprise and consumer world. The reality is this, David, that most of our HR organisations are really only starting to scratch the service when it comes to HR service delivery. Mm. They're still managing the workload via ask hr at something.com. Yeah. Yep. You know, they haven't <laughs> even got to that level of, of detail. So, you know... I want to try and encourage our HR audiences to start the journey around HR service delivery. The idea of getting um, processes in place around how do we get things done, how do Mm. we access the right information, policies and so on. Get these sort of activities happening first and don't get distracted by the bright shiny lights that's happening down the down the road. Yeah. Now, if you're ready for that sort of activity in terms of, look, we, we know exactly how our HR service delivery is done from mm. an HR help desk viewpoint or a tier one, tier, zero, tier zero support. Um, look, we, we are using things like chatbots for organizations that are ready and yep. we are going to see things around uh, chat functionality um, from a voice perspective come into, mm. into suites very, very quickly. The other area that I think that we're going to see is around the future of search. I read an article the other mm. day, David, that Google is starting to look to the day of what do we do beyond the search bar? Yeah. You know, what do we do when that goes away? And yeah. I think that that's something that ServiceNow are looking at today. What do mm. we do past the search bar? Yep. And we are looking at things around, you know, the bots of the world and so on. Mm. But again, I want to try and get the fundamentals in place. Yeah. It's about how do we get that service delivery in place now, getting people away from a, an askhr.com page, so to speak. Yeah. And then starting to think about where they look at. I mean, we're willing to work with customers where they are today. But uh, at the same time, you know, I don't want to overstep where an organisation may be. But we want to make sure we support organisations wherever they are on that yep. particular journey and, yeah. and we have that technology there today to, to do that. Interesting. Well, we, uh, we, we've only really scratched the surface ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, we're uh, fast running up against time here. So uh, we might just bring our conversation to a close there. Mm. But Mark, thanks very much for coming in and spending some time with us on the podcast. It's been great to have you. Oh, look, I've enjoyed every moment. Thanks, David. Awesome. So we'll, uh, we'll catch you again some other time. Yeah, please. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll, uh, we'll see you again soon.